right. In this bonus episode of Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast, we are pleased to welcome Aaron Nequist. He's a musician. He's a worship leader. He's a liturgist. He's a great friend of the Transforming Center. I think you were in TC9, Transforming Community 9. Um, and you are now serving as our worship architect in Transforming Community 15. So yeah. how fun for We've us to sit down. I know, so I know. We're, we're, we're still finding we're our way. Yeah, still finding right. our way. Um, but it is really fun how our paths have crossed throughout the years. And so there's so many places we could start, so many places we could go in conversation today. But what strikes me right now is just how similar our journeys have mm. been. So you've just come out with The Eternal Current, which is uh, your first book, yep. where you describe a lot about your past in the Plymouth Brethren and um, how you've come to where you are now from there. Yeah. And I was raised Plymouth Brethren as well. So yeah. it's kind of incredible to even talk to someone who Seriously, has that yeah. in their background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, our families <laughs> know each other, so we have a lot of family connections yep. and um We've both been at Willow Creek, and then, you know, you came to a transforming community, and now you're serving and ministering with us. We've endorsed each other's books. I mean, there's just this, you know, way in which our paths have crossed, and so it's fun to be able to just talk together about Mm -hmm. how all that has happened. So um, we've come to, we both seem to have come to this commitment to a practice-based faith, Mm. that phrase um, resonates, I think, with both of us. So you've lived that out by developing the practice, which you were able to innovate and pilot at Willow Creek, and now you've written about it in The Eternal Current. And I've focused on practice by developing this 27-month transforming community experience, where I always say at the beginning of every community, we're going to give you just enough teaching so that you're actually willing to enter into the practices, because I don't ever teach about anything that I don't guide people to practice. I just don't even think that's fair or right. So I thought it might be fun to begin by talking about how we've both gotten to this place where we're so committed to practice, to a practice-based faith. So why don't you start, Aaron, and tell a little bit about your journey? Well, growing up, Plymouth Brethren. Mm -hmm. Does anybody even know what that is out there? I know, right. Why don't you, can you give a one sentence? What is, how would you describe it? Very, very conservative, in most cases, fundamentalist, very, um, you know, clear on the fact that we met in the Lord's own appointed way. I'm really embarrassed yeah, to say that, but sure. we really did feel like we were meeting in the Lord's own appointed way. Yeah. Um, very simple in that uh, many congregations didn't even use a piano. Yep. It's the wooden brother, we called it. Oh, Do you wow. remember that? Um, <laughs> and, um, and also we were very big on the Lord's Supper. And mm. that's another thing I can't wait to talk to you about today yeah, is yeah, that yeah. both of us have that in us. Even yep. though we've had a big journey with the Lord's Supper and with the Eucharist, yep. both of us were accustomed to this service at 930 that was completely spontaneous, yep. completely devoted to the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist. So we both hold that value Absolutely. really deeply. Yep. Um, and another th- th- that would be what you know, kind of what I remember about yeah, it. Yeah, that really resonates. Another one of the big ones for me, one of the things that I love and have mm-hmm. held on to is the idea of the priesthood of all believers. Yes, absolutely. There were mm-hmm. no paid staff. Yeah, we had no ordained clergy. Hierarchy mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Um, but it was elders led. Right. Um, unfortunately, only dudes. Mm-hmm. But that's right. Uh, but elder led. <laughs> yes. But it what it raised up is the idea is you don't show up to church mm-hmm. for, hey, I wonder what the paid professional is gonna do. Yeah. You show up to church to participate. Right. And yes. that's something I've really appreciated. Mm-hmm. There's been plenty of our tradition yeah. that I've needed to let mm-hmm. go to kind of hopefully humbly just say, I cannot, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. But there's been a number of things like that right. whole idea of the priesthood. Well, leaders. and I, I specifically remember my own transition from not believing in ordained clergy mm. to 
you know, beginning to embrace and accept the fact that many churches did have ordained clergy yeah. and, and, and then even now to a focus on working yeah. with clergy, yeah. but that was not my upbringing at all. Yeah. And so there was a, a deep valuing of each person's contribution in that. Yeah. The other thing that I remember was the emphasis on scripture, the emphasis on yes. the word. And so, yes. I mean, I was memorizing scripture when I was two years old yep. and um, the emphasis on teaching children the word and yep. being, Awana. yes, the yes. Whole... And pioneer clubs and yep. being very well versed in the word and expository preaching, yep. right? Yep. Not themed and topic, but, you know, expository yeah. preached through a book of the Bible. Um, all of that was very much part. And, you know, speaking of what we value, I really do value the fact that I know the scriptures really, really Absolutely. well because of my background. Yes. And, yes. and I would even say that the, you know, generation of younger adults coming up now, if they weren't raised in that kind of environment, many of them are really sad that yeah. they don't know the scriptures as well. Well, if I'm really honest... I'm trying to figure out what to do with my yes, kids. Yes, and I think so people I a, in your generation yeah. are wondering that. So I, I, the 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 fundamentalist approach to the scriptures mm -hmm. was so unhelpful for right. me. Mm -hmm. However, all that scripture is in me. Mm -hmm. So to find a new way of understanding what the Bible even is right. has been like life mm -hmm. and hope. But now I have to say to my kids, you know, how do I get? Immerse them in the scriptures, mm -hmm. but maybe in a different way. Yeah, right. So, any advice? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think I think that's tough. I'm not, I don't I don't have any easy answers for oh, that today. Man. Um, but I I think it's interesting that for both of us, we were raised Plymouth Brethren, yeah. which was highly conservative and had some real distinctives to it. And then yeah. both of us found our way into more of a contemporary model, seeker model church. Yeah. Um, and so you've been in a couple, and I I, I was a part of a founding one in this yeah. area, and then yep. I was at the big church, and yep. um, and then now we found our way back to That's a more so liturgical wild. approach yeah. to yeah, worship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in the Lord's Supper, I just remember that real belief that the Holy Spirit was there and would lead, mm. and so we would come into this completely unstructured worship experience. Yeah trusting very literally in that New Testament idea that everyone comes with a word, with right. a hymn, right. with a prayer, and you let the Spirit lead. And it worked. Yeah, The Holy Spirit did work. Yeah. And there yeah. would be a theme throughout, even though different people were yeah. bringing different things. So this very highly programmed approach to worship yep. now, that was another big adjustment yep. for me. I just was not used to it. Absolutely. You asked how some of this experience has led to like more of a practice-based. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I don't know how you mean it exactly. I'd love yeah. to hear it. But for me, practice-based, I mean primarily in context to beliefs-based. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Where, you know, we mm -hmm. kind of, where we grew up was um, the idea to be a Christian yeah. is to believe these four or five things mm -hmm. correctly. Yes, right. That makes you a Christian. Mm -hmm. And then you say a prayer to agree to those. And beliefs are incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Of course they are, but they were never the end goal. Right. You know, in, in the, the book, I, I say, Jesus didn't say, here is the truth, believe mm -hmm. it. Jesus said, I am the truth, follow me. Yes. And mm -hmm. so these practices. So anyways, so I think two experiences really helped me, um, both one painful, the other mm -hmm. one just, the first one was, having that form of faith kind of crumble. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I, I, I know you've had numerous transition faith moments in your life, mm -hmm. but man, in my early 20s, I had my faith implode. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was just that idea that, great, I believe all this stuff. Who cares? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. It doesn't yeah. actually get into my body. Yeah. The second one that I didn't talk about in the mm -hmm. book was happens at Mars Hill. And I was a part of Mars Hill in Grand Rapids for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And Rob Bell, especially at that time, I mean, I've literally never heard a more compelling articulation of the kingdom of God. Yeah. 
I've never heard mm -hmm. it and probably never will. And the first couple of years at Mars Hill, it was transformative. Oh, we yeah. had all these new mm -hmm. ideas, new theology, stretching, growing. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember there was a point where I realized every Sunday night, I really don't know what to do with mm -hmm. what Rob just said. Yeah, yes. And so my only response was, well, I wonder what amazing thing he'll say next week. Mm -hmm. That will stimulate your yeah, mind. that will stimulate mm -hmm. my mind. And again, not to minimize that, it changed my life, mm -hmm. but only to a point. Yes, right. And so now in retrospect, mm -hmm. so much of my focus on practices was because of that experience at Mars Hill. Right, if, right. If Rob Bell's mm -hmm. teaching isn't enough, yeah. No yeah, it's exists. never going to be enough. Yeah, yeah then that's right. Teaching <laughs> itself isn't enough. Yeah, so does yeah. that resonate? It absolutely, with your, yeah. it does. Um, and I think for me, um, it came in a couple of different ways as well. One was coming to the place where what I believed about God didn't didn't in any way meet the deepest need and desire of my own heart to, to keep following God and to keep going, growing in God. So as a woman, yeah. that was one of the first places where I hit a real wow. crisis of faith because what my church believed about God just didn't, did, didn't in any way correspond to what I, I knew was the heart yeah. of God towards me yep. as a woman. Yep. Um, and the, the theological dogma, the arguing it out with proof texting and all of that, rather than uh, having the opportunity to struggle and to wrestle with God and to fight with God down to the mat. You know, yeah. we, we didn't learn how to do that. We didn't learn how to fight with God all the way down to the mat about yeah. stuff. We just yep. kept trying to believe the things that didn't even yep. seem believable to yep. us. Right. Yep. So there was that crisis for me, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the awareness that even though I'd been a Christian for a long time, I wasn't changing. Wow. That was a wow. crisis to realize, I mean, I've been a Christian since I was four years old. My dad was actually a full-time commended worker in yeah. the Plymouth Brethren. We didn't have pastors, but we did have people who worked for money. And so I, my dad was that. And realizing that I had been raised in a Christian home and I'd been going to church multiple times a week all my life, but I was still basically selfish. You know, I was um, full of emotion that I didn't know what to do with. I yeah. had anger in my life. Um, yeah. I didn't. I was stuck in some of my relational stuff to realize that you could go to church and hear it all that often and do all the right things for that long and still yeah. not change. Wow. So true. That, yep. that was a stunning moment yeah. in my life. So, um, so the opportunity to be called beyond just cognitive knowing to actually wrestle with God, yeah. to believe that questions were just as important as answers, mm. because in, in, in our faith practice, we really believed we had the answers. Mm. So then what do you do with the questions yeah. that you really have? And, so and there was a place in my early 30s where I was already in ministry and I realized I have more questions than answers, but I'm up here teaching people yep. all the time, yep. you know? Yep. So that was, that was another moment as well. So um, all of that called me beyond just cognitive mm. knowing and information gathering and dogmas and theological systems to a place of wanting to enter into experiences. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm struck by the Eucharist. I'm struck by the Lord's Supper, however you want to talk about it, that when Jesus left his disciples to go on and to go back to heaven, he didn't leave them with more teachings. Yeah. He left them with something to do, yeah. something that was physical, something that happened in the body, something that they did in community. He didn't leave them with more thoughts to think yeah. or something to discuss. He actually left them with a practice that um, helped to remind them of his presence with them and to call them forth into the next that he was calling them into. So I think those are all things that, yeah. that strike me about this, you know, this shared journey yeah. that, that at some point you get, you know, you get called beyond it yeah. um, to be with God in a different way. 
So Aaron, it seems like what we've been talking about is this movement in the spiritual life where we move beyond information gathering to actual practice rather than just getting more knowledge. We're actually starting to practice things. Um, we've been moving beyond just religious dogma and theological systematic, systematic thought to actually experiencing the presence of God, the transforming mm. presence of God. Yeah. That was an important thing for both of us coming out of what we came out of. Does that capture it for you? Oh, absolutely. And, and I think just to name that for you, for me, and for any of those who are listening, who have ever got to the point in their faith where they're like, I, I haven't lost my faith, but mm -hmm. there's got to be. There's got to be more. There's that's right. Almost the raising of the fist. Yeah, that's you know, right. If this is all there is. That's it's right. not enough. It's not yeah. enough. And I think the danger that I've experienced mm -hmm. and seen is we feel stuck with two choices. Mm -hmm. We either say, "Well, this is it," mm -hmm. so I'll just believe harder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll double down on what honestly hasn't worked for a long time, but I'll be a good Christian. I'll double down, mm -hmm. or. I'm going to jump ship from the whole mm -hmm. faith thing. Yeah. Jesus was fine when I was a kid, but now I'm done. And those are terrible options. Yeah. <laughs> those are really Very bad binary. Options. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, thank God. Yeah. Some of the good news, maybe mm -hmm. the good news is those aren't the only right. options. Mm -hmm. There is more. So when you talk about the limits of just believing about, mm -hmm. some of this third way is participation yeah, with. Right, exactly. Just to maybe use a really basic example. Um, I've noticed in myself, there are two ways that I approach the scriptures. One is I better get my scripture reading mm -hmm. done this morning. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, that's not entirely bad. Yeah. Sometimes I do that with working out, right? Mm -hmm. Every once a month, whether I need it or not, <laughs> and right. I work out. Um, it's why you are in the shape you are today, <laughs> yeah. right, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is ex that's truer than you know. Um, but the um, but so it's not entirely bad. Mm -hmm. But it's fundamentally different than on the days mm -hmm. when I say, God, I know you're here. I know you inspired the writers who wrote these words and the people who collected them into this, into this text. What do you want to say to me this morning mm -hmm. as I read? Yeah. I mean, that is so fundamentally mm -hmm. different. And yet it's the same practice. Right, exactly. And so that transition from doing religious things to using religious things as a portal mm -hmm. or a, a gateway, or maybe that's the very meaning of sacramental, mm -hmm. right? Of the, of the moving beyond into an actual relationship with the one who is presently keeping mm -hmm. my heart beating. Yes, yes. I mean that, so it's hard to talk about. Exactly, that's it. Yeah. it is. And, and, you know, even within, you know, the Protestant Christian faith, there's been an emphasis on personal application. Mm. And even what you're saying, it's moving beyond not only just reading to get your reading done, because that's yeah. one thing, check off yeah. the box. But then there's this tendency we have to try to, through our human effort and striving, make an application. Sure. We're talking about moving beyond that as yes. well and yes. finding a way to op to approach scripture where we are opening to God's initiative yeah. in our life, for God to come in and do something yep. we may not even know needs to be done. And yep. that's allowing those spiritual practices to be tools in God's hands yes. for what God wants to do in our lives rather than what we have figured out we need yep. to get done that's in our so lives. so well said. Yeah. And it's scary. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's uncomfortable. And yeah. I avoid it all right. the time. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to go back because the 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 former way we're talking about is in our control. Right, exactly. I get to read. I get to mm -hmm. apply. Yeah. 
but this opening up to God being mm -hmm. in control That's is right. really scary. Exactly. And yeah. and that seems to me to be a fundamental characteristic of a true spiritual journey, though, mm. is that we're finding ways to wow. give up control and to surrender ourselves to God rather than keeping it all in our control. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so then maybe another thing that that has been characteristic of both of our journeys that I've seen is that I think both of us in our own different ways have tried to find a way to move beyond commitment to just the um, institution yeah. of our religion, institutionalized religion or the institution of the church yeah. um, to a pl place of rigorous spiritual journeying that may even confront at times yeah some of what we've experienced in institutionalized religion. So, and there, there is a fine nuance with that. And yeah. I really appreciate Richard Rohr and his book, everything belongs is one of the important texts in the transforming community experience where he talks about the fact of being on the inside of the outside, yeah. that neither one of us have placed ourselves completely on the outside of our historic Christian faith. Um, but we've also pushed beyond some of of what we experienced early on yeah so i experienced myself to be on the inside of the outside of historic christian faith and i feel like that's where i experience you to be as well am i getting that right does that yeah. seem to fit Ab absolutely and side note uh everything mm -hmm. belongs was my gateway drug mm -hmm. to this entire yeah. thing yeah interesting yeah. interesting at, when, when i was at mars hill one mm -hmm. of the elders gave mm -hmm. me this book yeah. and said, I know you're asking mm -hmm. a lot of questions. Right. Check this out. Right. And at that point, a Catholic author mm -hmm. was a little bit scandalous yeah. to me. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't sure Catholics were going to be in heaven. Yes. You know? Yes. And I remember reading Everything Belongs mm -hmm. and things opened up in me that right. I didn't even know yeah. were there. Because they were resonating with things you actually oh, already knew on so some level. Deeply. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So yeah, his his uh, inside uh, edge of the outside is is really helpful, and this is one of those things where, you know, we're talking a lot about tensions, both right. ends. Mm -hmm. um, the whole it's just me and Jesus in the mm -hmm. Bible, right? Um, that that doesn't work. We have mm -hmm. to be a part of the body right. of Christ. Right. So there's a communal nature to our mm -hmm. faith, and yet, when church is just a belonging system, right? just another flag to wave, mm -hmm. then we become, we defend it rather mm -hmm. than... Um, and we use a lot of energy yes. to build it up yes. and to preserve it. Yes. Um, yep. Absolutely. And, and that is a very fine line to find, right? I mean, to, to acknowledge as you've done so well that, that our faith is about being part of a body. We cannot yeah. practice our faith yeah. outside of being a part of this great thing that we call the body of yep. Christ. But at the same time, and when yet. the community starts to become yep. an institution, when yep. the body of Christ starts to become an institution yep. that we're all just trying to preserve and protect, yeah. um, then we're in really big trouble. Yeah. Um, and we really, without getting into any details, of course, mm -hmm. we're at a seismic yes. shift. Yeah, right exactly. Now. Yes. Um, and, and five years from now, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to look the same. Yes. I, I really don't think the church can look the same yeah. as it looks right now. Yeah. Yeah. And while on one hand, it feels like a very dark time, yeah. on another hand, I feel kind of hopeful. Yeah. You know, that yeah. um, maybe something like an old building, that in order to build the new building, it has to implode sure. and they do the dynamite and yeah. the whole thing, you know, That's falls right. inside and crumbles. And in one, in some way, it's sad that yeah. the old thing has to go away. But yeah. and then in another sense, it's kind of hopeful because they yeah. might put up something new and beautiful yeah. on that on that same piece of property. And yeah. that had to happen. Two comments from people way smarter than me. Mm -hmm. So I these are not my thoughts. I yeah. wish they were. But one, um, a friend said, I don't see a lot of transition mm -hmm. in the Bible. <laughs> I see God raising something yeah. up. 
and then letting it die. Mm -hmm. And then out of the ashes, something right. is reborn. It's yeah. the Paschal mystery, mm -hmm. right? And so that I think is really important to keep in mind right now. But then also uh, a friend of mine was asking Dallas Willard a number of years ago, how do you not despair over the church? Mm -hmm. And Dallas, apparently, uh, as it was, was told, he said, oh, 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 I'm not worried about the church. Mm -hmm. The gates of hell will not yeah. prevail against the church. Mm -hmm. But a lot of 501c3s are going to close yes. the doors. Mm -hmm. And that that's the tension mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. And I, I feel the same way. I don't feel optimistic, but I'm really hopeful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... I know that people, um, you know, in your generation right now are particularly struggling with yeah. the institutionalized church yeah. and leaving in droves. And there's yeah. really very little interest, actually. Yeah. I, from what I perceive, there's yeah. very little interest in the institutionalized church or in denominationalism or anything like that, except for the fact that you're concerned about your kids. Yes. And that is what's bringing yes, a lot of yes, young, yes. They, and they will say freely and openly, I'm not going to church for myself. There's nothing yep. there for me, but I want my kids to grow up yep. with this. Could you yep. speak to that? What would you say to that? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there it is. There we go. Well, I'll begin by affirming mm -hmm. that a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and especially with the alignment, uh, the perceived alignment mm -hmm. of the church with some unhelpful political forces yes. and mm -hmm. conversation. Like there is such a sense with my friends and yes. especially my brother's right. 11 years younger. And I feel mm -hmm. like we're an entire generation different. Mm -hmm. It's unfathomable yeah. that he would show up at a mm -hmm. evangelical church yeah. in America. Mm -hmm. It's unfathomable. And he loves God. Yes, But it's, so it's a really, and mm -hmm. I have enough connection before these last couple of years and to some of the good mm -hmm. where I'm trying to yeah. hold on to the both. Yes. Are you the bridge over troubled water, Aaron? <laughs> I think you're laying yourself down. Oh my gosh. I don't want to be. <laughs> I know you don't. Uh, I know you never. <laughs> yeah. The, the trying to hang in tensions yes. is so, yeah. um, yeah, I just, uh, I just can't give in to either side. Mm -hmm. Like if it, if, if we have to just defend, no, the church is great. Everything yeah. they're doing is right. Mm -hmm. it, it's not true. Right. Um, but to say that, uh, we don't need it mm -hmm. and we'll just do it on our own. Yeah. Or that there's nothing there for me. I think it's more yeah. that kind of language sure. that I, there's nothing there for me. I don't yep. look to the church to yep. contribute to my spiritual sure. life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, um, I have a friend who would say he's an atheist 11 months a year mm -hmm. yeah, and he just, mm -hmm. but he can't go all the way. Yeah. And, uh, when we started the practice mm -hmm. about five years ago, he started coming and he'd yeah. sit in the back row and there were things he hated about mm -hmm. it. And he would tell me, he's like, that song is so dumb. Can you, yeah. you know, but mm -hmm. he would talk about certain practices yeah. that he would say. And mm -hmm. one was centering prayer. Right. He went home, he has some anxiety things. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, I, I don't even mm -hmm. know what I think about God, mm -hmm. but some of these practices are doing something in me I can't explain. Right, right. And so I, there's some reasons for hope there. Yes, yes. And, you know, centering prayer in particular opens us up to the yeah. more that's undefinable. Yep. I mean, by definition, that's what centering prayer is. Yep. It's opening up to the mystery, that which we cannot define, that yeah. that which we cannot narrow down into yeah. some some dogma. So it's no surprise at all that centering prayer would be something that he could enter into even yeah. in the midst of resisting a whole lot yeah. else. So thanks and for I, sharing that. Well, and that's another reason why the, the 
practice centric rather mm-hmm. than beliefs centric. Right. Um, he and I have some different beliefs. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I'm not saying mine are all mm-hmm. correct and his are all wrong. Yeah. We have some different beliefs, but we could come together around this practice. Mm-hmm. And then you know what happens during the practice? God does what God does. Right, exactly. In me and in mm-hmm. him. And so otherwise, when it's just beliefs centric, you can't even get in the door right. unless we agree on yeah. these five things. Exactly. What a loss. Mm-hmm. You yes, know? absolutely. Um, so I think we are in the midst of a seismic shift yeah. um, in which um, the next the, the younger generation is moving us away from the institutionalized church, but also what's happening in the institutionalized church. And I do mean across the board. It's about Protestantism, but now what's going on in the Catholic Church yes. is so painful oh, that nobody yes. can believe in that anymore either. So it's a, when, when, and when something is across the board like that, yep. you almost have to just throw up your hands and say, God, you are up to something that's yep. so big. Yep. I'm just... I'm just going to trust that you're going to be at work, that yep. you're going to bring us out of this. Yep. So that's that's the only place I, I find my peace yeah. right now in the midst that's of right. everything that's going on, that's in the midst right. of what could be a very discouraging and dark time. And what, what I love about that too is it pulls us out of the blaming mm-hmm. specific failures. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, because it's not about... It's, it's, I, it's, I see it more as about something, something that's happening in the church overall yeah. and that yeah. God's going to be able to work with and yeah. work in. Okay, so Aaron, we've talked about moving beyond information gathering to actual practice, and we're not throwing anything out. Mm-hmm. We're just saying it's a part of who we are, and we're taking next steps. So yeah. it's all still in there, uh, but we're moving beyond. Everything belongs. It. Everything is belonging right yep. here, right now. Yep. Um, beyond religious dogmas and systematic theologies to real experiences of the transforming presence of God through practice. Mm. So even picking up on what you last said that it opens us when even people who don't believe the same things can be together in a practice and God, we we open ourselves to God and God comes in and does what God's going to do. It's amazing how practices open up for that. Um, Moving beyond commitment to the institutionalized church and preserving the institution to commitment to a rigorous spiritual journey in God's presence in the context of community. Mm -hmm. We can't be outside the body of Christ and and still be Christians, you know, that, that would go against, we can't do it alone. We can't. Um, and then let's, let's talk about evangelism and, and this movement, what I experienced to be in my own life, a movement beyond evangelism as we might define it to actually deepening our spiritual journey to the point that we are Mm. the transforming presence of Christ in the world. The way that we've talked about it in the Transforming Center, especially by listening to our teacher, Dr. Bob Mulholland, he talks Mm. about being in God for the world. And this this shift from being in the world for God to being in God for the world, that is one of the most exciting moments in the whole transforming community experience. And it it just turns us all around. Um, So talk about how you've experienced that in your own life. Wow. That's a big It is big. big, big I know. Question. It really is. Maybe two observations. The first mm-hmm. one is realizing, as thankful as I am for the churches that have really focused mm-hmm. on reaching out to people who right. who, mm-hmm. who felt lost, um, in the worst cases, it exported sharing the good news mm-hmm. to the professional on stage. Mm-hmm. And our only job in, e- in evangelism was to bring lost people to that pastor. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a super helpful model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I think deeper, the question is, I mean, do we ask, what is the good news? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something, and actually I basically just shared mm-hmm. about what N.T. Wright's yeah. writings, I mean, N.T. Wright has shaped so much yeah. of what I believe, but um Rather than 
um, you are separated from God, say this prayer for forgiveness, mm -hmm. and you'll be let uh, into eternity with yeah. God. This invi the, the idea that we're being invited to participate with God right now mm -hmm. through Christ. It's not just about for sin management. You know, Dallas Willard has talked so brilliant about mm -hmm. that. But the invitation is participation now. Right. And so that, you know, when I, I did a, just a little bit of street evangelism mm -hmm. uh, when I was a high school student, I was at yeah. this conference and they made you go out yeah. two by two mm -hmm. and try to convince people to believe yeah. differently. And that I don't believe in yes. that anymore. Yeah. Not that God can't use it because mm -hmm. God did, mm -hmm. which is crazy. God can use anything. Mm -hmm. But um, the idea that we get to remind people that they are already fully in yeah. the presence mm -hmm. of God. Yes, absolutely. For it is in God that mm -hmm. we live and move and have our being. Right. We get to remind people that they've been made by God on purpose mm -hmm. for a purpose. Yeah. And through Christ, we can awaken to what's all, always already been true. Mm -hmm. I mean, and suddenly I like, you know, I would have said for many years, I'm not an evangelist. Right. You know, but what's been fascinating, the more into spiritual formation that I've been immersing myself in, the more I feel like an evangelist. Yes, yes. I and the tell more you people, find yourself probably in those conversations wherever you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to tell them about what I'm experiencing. Right. Exactly. But it's not convincing their brains mm -hmm. to believe different stuff. Right. It's not starting with, hey, you're a sinner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the starting point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it's not in Genesis yeah. 1. Well, you know, one of my frustrations in, you know, working and in, in ministering in this arena of spiritual formation has been that false bifurcation yeah. between formation and evangelism or yep. mission. And one of the things that I've experienced and have begun to really believe in my own life is that that evangelism is really an invitation to spiritual transformation. Yes. You're inviting people into yes. a way of life in which they will be transformed. And one of the impetuses for that is because your life is now a witness yeah. to the yep. transformation of, of Christ's presence in your own life. And so to sort of crash those, you know, those bifurcations oh. and bring it all together into a seamless whole, I think is just part of the journey we've been on and we're yeah. still seeking to to live that out and um again dallas willard talks about the fact that when they when the people of christ don't go on in their journey of transformation when they stay stuck in their own transformation stuck in sin stuck in ineffective patterns um they actually become a witness to the contrary of the gospel so wow. when there is no ongoing wow. transformation in the life of christian people we actually become witnesses that are to the contrary of the message of the gospel we're not witnessing to the power of it anymore our very wow. lives, you know? So wow. I, I, I find that to, to be an amazing, uh, idea and, and another amazing that. That motivation really yeah. to continue the journey of transformation yep. and not yep. see it as being separate at all yep. from my life in the world and, and being the presence of Christ in the world. Well, I mean, you probably have too, but I've heard of discipleship talked about as an optional add-on. Oh dear. Oh really? my goodness. I mean, Wow, the, the, I, that is such a non-New Testament oh, uh, perspective. Course. But the point <laughs> is to get saved. Yes, and then it's that's over. Eternity. That's eternity. Yeah, and that's the main thing. That's, you know, yeah. just make sure you get yeah. people in heaven. And that's all. And then if you're mm -hmm. like an overachiever, you can mm -hmm. do discipleship. Or if you're wow. like an extrovert, you can mm -hmm. do community. Or if you're like your bleeding heart, mm -hmm. you can do missions or something like that. But it's all optional to the main thing, which is yeah. get saved. Mm -hmm. 
That is not. No, in, that is that is not it. That's that not is it. Not the so, invitation of yeah. Christ. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm grateful that God's you know been present enough with you and I to guide us on sure. our own journeys. Grateful that He's brought our paths together at different times and in different ways. And so let's take a minute to talk about Transforming Community oh, yeah. 15 yeah, and yeah. the fact that by God's grace, um, your journey in TC9, which was yeah. you know a number of years ago now, um, led us to the possibility of you being able to join us as a worship leader now yeah. in Transforming Community 15. So um, that community in particular, we've taken a bit of a, a, um, a refreshed emphasis on drawing the younger demographic as well as a greater diversity in terms of theological belief, um, race, ethnicity, all those sorts yeah. of things. So, um, so we've had one retreat, yeah. you know, behind us. One retreat. Tell, tell us a little bit about what you've been excited about trying to bring, um, to transforming community 15 in oh, terms of worship. Man. Well, let me just say first, when I was a part of TC nine, it's about five years ago, maybe, mm -hmm. um, I started TC nine a couple months after we started the practice. Mm -hmm. And so it was so providential. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a conversation with Rory Nolan mm -hmm. at a Starbucks where he's like, how are you going to lead this mm -hmm. if you're not swimming in these streams? And so uh, the transforming community has been so profoundly in, impactful in my life, but also in the in the the work that I'm doing. So when we started mm -hmm. talking about what if I would jump back in in this way, mm -hmm. it was like, Oh my gosh, let's do it. Yeah. You know, and we had figured out the details yeah. and the dates and all that. And I was delighted that it works out. So we had the one retreat. And I think how I approached the first retreat is what you guys have been doing for 15 years is so beautiful. So it's not like, I mean, there's things you join that you're like, mm -hmm. man, this thing is a problem. We got to save it. Mm -hmm. Not at all. This thing is beautiful. How do we keep inviting people into mm -hmm. it? And so I think just very specifically with uh, the prayers that we're doing and I'm trying to ask, what are the different songs, streams, sounds, mm -hmm. colors, the different way that we can engage these beautiful prayers? Mm -hmm. And it was holy. I mean, there were a couple moments, mm -hmm. Ruth, where yeah. to hear the voices, to see, I mean, it, it was holy. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot to figure out. We do. We're, We're still in process. And, and I like the fact and... that we know how to just be in process and right, trust right, God right. with it. But yep. we have eight fixed hour prayer services yep. in every retreat, which means that we're, you know, creating these new little oh, services yeah. eight yep. times every yep. retreat. Yep. And so we were working hard and like, I felt like we were a little bit like the duck that's paddling really fast <laughs> that's beneath right. the surface. That's right, Everybody right, else right. is getting this calm worship experience, but <laughs> right. we're paddling really fast. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And doing the best we can to plan and then evaluating how it went afterwards. Yep. But um, there is a great energy, I think. And um, yeah. one of the things that you do that I think is, is blessing us a lot is how you love to make music a thread throughout yeah, rather than sure. um, just seeing music as its thing and then words as its yeah. thing, but, but, yeah. you know, using music more as a thread throughout and, yeah. um, and, you know, we've loved silence. So we're weaving yeah. our silence in and yeah. out and that's yep. really wonderful. Yep. And um, seeing more diversity up front has been a blessing yep. also in this community. Yep. So really good stuff going on. And I just feel grateful that God's given us a chance to, yeah 
first of all, in TC9, just get to be in community together because yep. for us, that's important before we do ministry is to actually be in community together. So God gave us that. Yep. Um, and then now we're getting a chance to sort of bring um, bring some gifts to others together. And um, I think I think it's a good thing for yeah, the kingdom. So thank me you too. so much for being yeah, willing to jump into the deep me. end of the pool yeah. or into the eternal current or that's whatever right. it is yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. Um, jump in together and, and learn how to swim in those yep. places. So Beautiful. wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this bonus episode of Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the Transforming Community Experience or the Transforming Center, visit us at transformingcenter.org. It's really fun that Aaron and I have both had books come out in the last couple of weeks. So if you'd like to pick up my book, Invitation to Retreat, The Gift and Necessity of Time Away with God, do visit us at our online store and purchase your own signed copy. If you're interested in Aaron's book, The Eternal Current, How a Practice-Based Faith Can Save Us from Drowning, click on the link in our show notes or purchase it wherever it is that you buy books.